Greetings and welcome to another round of Master Phil in Your Corner podcast. This is episode number 83, Concealed Carried Weapons for Self-Defense. So today we have our special guest is my brother, John Robert Pearson of Eagle Guardian Solutions, aka Iron Bob, from back in the days when we used to bring 40 or 50 competitors to a tournament and come home with just as many medals. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, if you listen to my podcast often, you'll you know hear me refer to some people as my brother. Well, guess what? Yeah, you know, I do have quite a few brothers. You know why? Because when you're in combat, when you're sweating, when you're training, when you're in uh, you know potentially life-threatening situations or life-threatening situations with someone, you develop a camaraderie. Not only did Bob and I train together, ride motorcycles together, we bounced together, we did a whole bunch of stuff, whole a lot, a lot of training together. Um, you know, for a couple of decades there uh, until he moved to, until he moved to uh, Las Vegas area, but. You know, it's it's something that you know you hear us say, and again, you know, we you know we've been around for a little while too, so you know we do we have <laughs> had the opportunity to get uh, quite a few friends in here, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, John and uh, the Eagle Guardian Solutions. But first, let us thank our sponsors. First of all, none of this would be possible without PhilRoss.com, our main sponsor. And, uh, you know, if you need uh, training in martial arts, fitness, kettlebells, body weights, so forth, check out uh, philross.com. You know, we are going to have a new site. It's actually being worked on as we speak. I was just speaking with the programmer right now, and I dumped off all the information to him. We have the body bell method. It's the world's only kettlebell body weight dynamic tension certification based on a minimalist approach to strength, health, and fitness. This system is recognized by both ACE and NASM for continuing education credits and is listed on their respective sites. Certifications are available in person or online. We have products for training through Dragon Door, you know, kettlebells, uh, videos, books, so forth. Uh, we have Fit Team for healthy, organic, energy boosting, and weight control supplements. And then we have Up Boxer. Uh, you know, my link will be out shortly. Might even be up right now. And uh, it's uh, for uh, you know the best in uh, keeping the boys snug. Uh, burn along. I'm a featured instructor along with my wife on Burn Along. Join me and 2,000 other instructors. It's only $14.95 a month. Make sure to go to the Master Fill in Your Corner website. Use the special code there. P3 Training Group. Plan, protect, prepare. Are you, your family, or company prepared? Are you ready when trouble finds you? And of course, health is a wealth. Check it out. Get on there, secure your, your position. Uh, it's free to join. We have education, health, wellness, fitness, you name it. Check out Health is a Wealth. Uh, we also opened up our vendor section. We are partnered with Amazon right now. And then if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more and want to hire me in person, yes, you can. I uh, do speaking engagements and coaching through the Professional Speakers Bureau, as well as Z Winning Mindset. So check them out, give me a holler, and we'll get you going. All right, enough of the shameless plugs. Now let's get into a, uh, a subject that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. And um, before we get into that, let's give the audience 
your background is very diverse, both wide and deep. Uh, so, and I know I was part of the training process here for you. So, that's a fact. Well, Phil, first, uh, hi, and thank you for the brotherly welcome. I certainly feel as warmly as you do about that. And for the same reasons, <laughs> sweating and bleeding together, you know, you kind of develop a bond. My uh, my training and experience goes back all the way, uh, even before you and I got together, I was doing scuba mm -hmm. for uh, 30 some odd years, and then working with you for all those years, and then coming out here and doing firearms, starting with Frontside Academy and then with my own business. So over 35 years of instructing and training in extreme disciplines, I would say scuba was pretty extreme too. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you had to get the people's attention and you had to develop their trust. I, I remember, yeah, I remember some of the stories you told me about people like <laughs> running out of oxygen and clawing. Out. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Well, like, it's very similar, very similar to the shooting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, there isn't much room for mistake. No. It's similar to martial arts. If it wasn't a point tournament and it was a real contact tournament, you don't have much room to make a mistake. <laughs> No. Yeah. especially in those bare knuckle ones yeah so. yeah you know you come home in a cast <laughs> anyway my my current um passion is getting back into concealed carry training nice. i left the industry around 2012 because of points that we'll address today i came back to the industry last year for the same reasons i mean with the pandemic there was a, an unbelievable increase in permits issued and applications, I just looked at the New Jersey numbers, since the law changed, over 300,000 applications were put in. I'm program. one of them. <laughs> yeah, and I also looked at the qualifications, and we can talk about that as we're yes. going along. But yeah, as you said, my, my background is pretty diverse, but I like getting that, that trust that develops mm -hmm. between a student and an instructor, especially in an extreme discipline like that. Yeah. They don't know what, what they're going to get. They, they don't know what they can expect. They just know that they trust you to deliver, you know, what they promise, what you promised to deliver. You, you know, what though, you know, you really didn't tell much. You gave a little bit about your background, but I just want to like let everyone know what you were doing at front site. Um, because oh, I remember yeah. that I was actually recruited to go to front site and, yeah. and, and I wasn't going to be able to take the job. So I took you with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so, well, you can't have me because I live in New Jersey, but look who we got here. And yeah, Brad Hansen brings that up a couple of times. He said, you know, we brought Phil out to uh, to interview and mm -hmm. he brought his assistant with him. And while we couldn't hire Phil, we hired his assistant. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I ended up being a senior range master yeah. with them, teaching three different disciplines of small arms. I was their director of their martial arts program, mm -hmm. uh, actually creating the curriculum for the empty hand program and the advanced program. And then I was also their knife instructor. Right, right. And on top of that, in case anybody had accidents, I was their senior medic, yeah. <laughs> you know, EMT. Yeah, and I remember you wrote the manuals for empty hand and edge weapons. That's correct. And the advanced hand, and the yeah, advanced cool. empty hand. Yeah. yeah. So we had, and I, and I participated in the manual for tactical shotgun. So, uh, yeah, it was it was it was exciting, you know. Yeah, it really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get everybody always gets into, well, did you like your boss? You loved your boss? Whatever it was, had nothing to do with that. 
seeing 40 new students every other week was a gift, you know, and developing that connection. I have pictures up all around about students that meant so much to me. Yeah. You know, uh, one, a guy suffering from Parkinson's, we worked together over two or three classes and from going to shuffling up to try and tape his target and barely finishing to mm -hmm. actually winning the overall range man on man against some guy that was six, six Marine Corps. And the Marine Corps guy looked at me and I said, you better bring your A game. This guy <laughs> is trained. And I asked him, I asked him one time, I said, Jeff, if you don't mind me asking, what makes you tremble? And he said, if I don't know the next three steps immediately. So I said, okay, let's reduce the presentation of the handgun to three steps, like grab and shoot. And he worked on that, Phil, for two weeks, came back, won the man on man, brought him to the best of the range and against five other ranges. Now you're talking a total of 200 students that all competed for this. He won the man of the best man on the range. So oh, I my think son's that, calling. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the best, uh, the best experience. Awesome. We're, we're on the air right now. Say hello to the audience. <laughs> hey, hello, audience. <laughs> That's the ball. All right, we're talking. We're talking guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. I had plenty of experiences like that, and right. even after all these years, these people still reach out and contact yeah. and say we miss we miss your training. So I'm hoping I see them again. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I I hope so, and I'm sure you will. You know, because of the ex, uh, the expert training that you you provided for them, and I know that you know you know we have had many many conversations about uh, you know self protection, guarding others, um, and and the thing is that you know with the um, with the way that the police are being hamstrung, you know, uh, personal protection is even more upon us because. You know, if the criminals realize that they can get away with a lot, which they can, um, the incident's going to increase for violent crimes, as it has. I mean, look at, you know, you look at most of these cities, they're out of control. And I did a podcast on that, uh, you know, a few podcasts back about, you know, the state of our cities and how, how terrible they are, uh, you know, with the crime rate, violent crime rate escalating. You know, it's because of the, um, you know, because the police... Are, are unable to provide us the proper protection. And aside from that, aside from that is that, you know what, the police are there in minutes when seconds count. You know, personal protection is a, a personal responsibility and you have to be the one to take care of yourself. And that's what we're trying to do. But, you know, the, the, it's a double-edged sword like anything because, you know, you can't just have a, like we discussed before, you can't just have people run around, you know, with, with uh, AKs and, <laughs> you know, grenade launchers and so forth and not know how to use any any of the weaponry that they have you know You're so right. um, let's let's talk uh talk about some of the programs and 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 we can uh, you know talk about what you're doing and and we can compare it to what their what the requirements are for the new jersey test because new jersey test is 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 very comprehensive um i read it yeah 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 i, I mean look i'm fine they they uh they accept the uh what's the hqc one and hqc two um, I took the two, uh, and I did two guns with it. And because every time you go with a gun, every time you want to carry a gun, you have to qualify with that gun. Yeah, that's a change. That's a departure from, uh, from the rules in Nevada, Nevada. If you qualify with one handgun, you're qualified with all of them. Well, most normal States are like that, except for, you know, uh, you know, the people's Republic of New Jersey, you know, with Herr Commandant Murphy at the helm, 
Yeah, no. I, I, I agree with that. And, and I'm certainly on the same camp in terms of politics. But at, at some point, the, the, the human being, the individual, has to engage in some common sense. And if you're going to carry a 1911 and you train and certify with a 1911, and then you go to a Glock, which is totally different, or a revolver, you would think your own common sense would say, hey, let me go out there and get some training with that thing. Maybe not go and get another license with it, but at least take a class so you can familiarize yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you say it's got plus and minuses because you look, I know what I would do and I know that you would go do the proper steps. Like I know that, you know what? Um, so I want to use my, I got a snub nose, okay, 357 snub nose and I have my 45, uh, my H and K. So I'm training with those right now because I think I'm going to maybe test with those as well. But just the fact that I'm training with them constantly, you know, you see, you know I just don't know if I'm ever going to pull a snub nose and try to shoot someone 25 yards away from me. 25 or 50 yards, wasn't it? Didn't they? No, no it's 25, 75 feet, 75 yeah, feet. Oh my God. I mean, I, you know, and we don't have a stand your ground state. This no, is, you don't. No, no. This is like, I, you know, you in my estimation, you shoot someone 25 yards away in the state of New Jersey, you're going to jail for capital murder. If they're if they, if you say that they're approaching you and you're and you're afraid of them, yeah, you're going to jail. I can only envision this as some kind of active shooter deterrent. Right. You know, that's you, it. Yes. something going on and you want yeah. to get involved. Yeah, but the thing is you can't even carry in parks. You can't carry in public more. places. I mean, there's so many places you can't where it would happen. <laughs> you're not allowed to carry. Well, there was some discussion about those uh, those elements. Will they hold up in court or not? I yeah. think a lot of them will be thrown out. Yeah, you, know, know. you can't carry in state parks. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. You none. Know? None. But, you know, because I don't think, I think the criminals kind of carry wherever they want. They go wherever they want. And if they want to shoot somebody in an active shooter, they're going to go where it's crowded. That's right. a public place. So. No, that's a public place. They're not going to yeah. come, you know, there's not going to be too many uh, mass shooters, you know, coming into your house. Yeah, where you go to meditate. They're not going to be <laughs> there. <laughs> So I agree with that, but I think those are all going to be challenged in court. Yeah. So go down the down the tube. So as a, as a, as an expert firearms instructor, um, you know, uh, let's say to me, I I think it's even more important for a female to be able to carry. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, when we were younger, we really didn't worry about carrying guns because you know what, we could rock and roll. You know, but now a little bit older. Uh, a little bit slower things hurt a lot more like you know yeah. getting up in the morning <laughs> but uh so you know the, the you know we we like to have the the weaponry to uh to be able to defend ourselves effectively especially when there's more than one attacker um but then look a, 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 a you have a woman 120 pounds some 210 pound guy grabs her by the back of the head what is she going to do and the thing is, it, it, the, the, I, I see the laws in New Jersey as being prohibitive to a woman being able to, um, you know, a, obtain a concealed carry permit, especially for a smaller weapon. You know, uh, so what, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think the well, distance is and the type of training they should be going for? Regarding, regarding women, I had a lot of experience in uh, teaching classes that were mixed. Mm -hmm. And. During those classes, I had the opportunity to observe how a lot of the women reacted. And when their vision was focused on the attacker,
they got intimidated and that brought with it hesitation, maybe the wrong moves, that kind of thing. And in one case, I actually turned them around, got everybody quiet. And I said, I just want you to use your hearing and instincts. And she reacted properly, pivoted out of the way, ducked down low and, you know, did what she had to do. So I think, you know, the vision aspect of, of causing a stall like the deer in the headlights yeah. is more prevalent in uh, a woman or a, a smaller male, you know, mm -hmm. some or, or an older gentleman, older woman, whatever, <laughs> somebody that's not used to, like you and I, not used to tangling it up if you had to, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's, it's the close quarter element that I teach uh, goes along the uh, stated fact that the average is three seconds for a, for an attack, three seconds. Uh, a handgun confrontation is over an average of three seconds, average of three to five shots. So this, this, go ahead. And what's the distance? This is three the, yards. Yeah. Three, three yards max. Yeah. You know, and you can't reach somebody at three yards. So when I'm training them, I get them close to within hand's reach and they're either guarding their head or they're striking only to buy a, a second, just yeah. a second, so they can throw the attacker off and they can reboot because mm -hmm. they just got shot. Right. And they move with that and they get the gun out, they bring it up to the side and they shoot and they don't have to be perfect shots. They just have to hit the attacker someplace because that's going to stall them. Then they move again. Mm -hmm. And by the time that they're finished that second move, their brain has already rebooted and they're ready to go, you know, pace for pace with this guy. And the, pro the problem is, is that that rebooting is only going to happen if you train your muscle memories to do that when your brain isn't in the game. You just got the hell shocked out of you, you know? So naturally you're going to do things. You're going to strike, pull it out and then move. If you're not trained to do that and you haven't practiced it, I, I can't tell you what your chances are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my money's not on you, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, I, I, I try yeah. and impress that upon people, but you know, and we'll talk about it as we go along yeah. the desire for additional training I don't know if it goes in, in, in connection with a state where you can get the permit. The desire for additional training here or prerequisite training is pretty weak. Yet yeah. you go to California where it's so hard to get a permit, or it used to be, yeah, the people there will do anything to train. They love to train. Yeah. Do anything you want to do. So well, the, I don't know what the connection is. Yeah, well, you know, well, the thing is when it's easy to obtain People are like, ah, it's easy to get. So they don't really do anything about it. But here, like in New Jersey, I know that, you know what? I mean, I go to the ring at least once a week. I'm shooting once a week, honing my skills. You know, um, why? Because it was so hard to get, you know, and I want to keep exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's like anything. I, I think, you know, if something is easy to get, it's, it's like, ah, who cares? But if it's hard to get, it's hard to obtain, hard to keep. People work at it because they really want it, and the motivated people will do it. Uh, you know, just just getting just getting my 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 uh, permit. I don't even have it yet. It's in process. I know I'm, I'll get my Florida permit before. I think it's sixty <laughs> days. It's been sixty days. They said if you don't get it in sixty. Yeah, days. yeah, yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but the funny thing was, I, what I did was I, I, you know, I took the uh, I took the test and got the certificate and blah 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 blah. And uh, I'm like, ah, you know what? I got a place in Florida. Let me see what the non-residents there. So I fill out the application online, did everything, paid my 50 bucks, sent my um, my qualifications in, right? 
and I was just going to go and do my fingerprints when I went, went down there because you can't do electronic fingerprints if you're a non-resident. Oh, yeah, to get a real card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what they did? They didn't even wait. They sent me a card in the mail to go and get it done. Do Arizona. <laughs> non-resident Arizona, same thing. Yeah. So, same thing. I, yeah. so uh, you know, I, I did that and I sent it off. I guarantee you I'll get my non-residents Florida before I get my residents New Jersey. Yeah. yeah guarantee yeah. you. And I had to fill out I mean, these paperwork, I have all these references, right? You have to have three references. You have to have your paperwork. And it's got to be on the same piece of paper. Three originals, notarized. All the guns that I'm using that I got, that I got qualified with, copies, notarized. Um, it was, uh, wow. Yeah, 150 for the, for the qualification test and then. 50 for each gun. I mean, it's like crazy processing. Well, New, fee, you know? New Jersey. New Jersey is an insurance state, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Insurance well, companies own the state. So yeah. this is a liability thing. They're, they're thinking about liability. Yeah, they're thinking about they don't want to carry. Um, <laughs> they don't want to be liable for you carrying. They don't want us carrying because they want us under their thumb. But that's a whole other thing. Um let me ask you this, because it's something that's been in my, in my mind, and I've been uh, talking to some, you know, people like yourself and other people that are, are uh, you know, more you know adept at, at carrying than I am, and and in, in this defensive tactic situation. So let's say somebody pulls a gun on you, and they're too far away for you to, you know, use a a, a disarm, and you have your gun on you. What do you do? Movement. Movement immediately. Movement is your friend. It's the only thing that, that you can count on that'll throw him off because he thinks he's got you in his sights shocked. And right. move, maybe he'll wing you, but if you get it out and you get a shot off, now we're getting more on an even Steven basis. Yeah. If the gun is out, that's an attack. It doesn't matter what the yeah. distance is. But is you're, you're designed to move to cover. You yeah. should move to cover. So, uh, and, and the things, you know, again, uh, I've been speaking with people about it. And, uh, and then, you know, I was thinking of some other ways to, to deal with this. One was that, you know, normally I would want to go to the outside, but apparently it's better to go to the inside because the pecs and the arm get tight and it's hard for them to follow you this way, that it's easier for them yeah. to swing it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing is, I was thinking about this too. Which as a right-handed person, that's to your advantage too. Right, right. Because now let me ask you this. What about moving to the side, dropping and drawing? I mean, is that something that's been a tactic where you drop to the ground and draw and well, shoot? I don't know. Look at it this way. If if your if your uh response is gonna be a hip shot or maybe a two-handed shot, chances are as you're coming up, you're going for the mid-body. Right. You duck down, you're putting your head right into his target. Right into his that's that's the yeah. problem. And yeah. I'd like to keep my head out of that area. Right, right, right. That's 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 one thing. Like, you know, he's going to be shooting this way. Yeah. So you're better. You're better off just moving. You're better off trying to hit that head box on the move is virtually impossible. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, so we want to use our like our uh, you know, some type of pie stepping or box stepping or just uh, off to the side as we're drawing and 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 firing. Yeah, definitely. Or a rock and lock situation. That, you know, that's that's what it brings up like the appendix carry. A lot of people think that's very fast, you know, to carry up front. Appendix carry? No. Yeah. 
well, <laughs> if you have if you have a, a safety on the gun like a 1911, yeah, or it's a double action, single action like a SIG, mm -hmm. it the recommendation is that's okay. If it's only a striker fire with a trigger safety, the recommendation is to stay away from that appendix carry. The other yeah. danger is if you get it out and you want to quickly respond, if you're too close to the body, the slide is going to hit your body and then it's going to jam. It's going to jam. So yeah. you're up a creek. That mm -hmm. you have to practice. I like the side, you know, or the four o'clock position. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very comfortable here. I can, yeah. I, I'm pretty, I can draw and shoot pretty quickly and accurately from that position. But that's yeah. why I practice, you know. I think it's quick. Yeah, I think it's quick. No, I like it right on the side. You know, it's great if I could wear a jacket, but it gets right. too warm around here. Yeah. No, what about sure. what about just wearing like a like a vest? The vest works great. You know, it's just it's still too warm around here. <laughs> you know, you got guys. Well, just wear carry, a vest, like the village guys, guys, guys <laughs> to carry either carry in a some kind of a fanny pack, which yeah. you know exactly what it is, right? Or they have a bigger t-shirt and they just work with it under there. But it's always a smaller gun. Or it's a pocket holster. Now you're talking even smaller gun. Like I have a SIG 365. Right. And that's, a, that's considered a pocket gun. Yeah. It, it shoots very well. But mm -hmm. beyond seven yards, I think you're going to be up a creek. Well, you see, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about, especially that 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 distance. Like, um, I know that when you're training people, what is a, you know, you typically stay within that, that like under 30 feet, foot right? rule. The 21 foot rule, I train them three, five, and seven. You know, when it comes to the time skill test at the end, yeah. I give them the option of, we go to 10, I give mm -hmm. them the option of either doing a 15 yard shot, two to the chest, or they can opt for the seven yard headshot, yeah. which is yeah. fine. You know, one or the other, just yeah. to give them a taste of responding at those at those distances. But the most of the class is three, five, and seven. Yeah, you know, the funny thing was that when I when I was training for this, Test. I mean, you know, the, the, you know, anything like between 15 yards and closer, no problem. But, you know, the, the 25 yards, I wasn't shot. used to it. And plus, <laughs> kneeling, they make you kneel and we have to go behind cover. We have really? To go, yeah, one side over and the other side with cover. I think that's, I think that's a little excessive because that would be considered advanced handgun. Yeah. To kneel and go behind cover is part of the advanced handgun curriculum normally, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I do agree with a portion of them being a little bit more demanding in terms of handgun proficiency. Because if they did their homework and they look at some of the other states, for instance, in Nevada, yeah. do not have to present with any handgun proficiency. You can come, pick the gun up off a counter, not even a holster, and shoot your 30 rounds like that. And that's it. That's the minimum qualification. That's yeah. discouraging. Yeah. yeah you, know, I, I, you know, I think there should be more, uh, way more. But, you know, again, this, this is also, I, I'm of the opinion that all police officers should be trained in martial arts and jujitsu and things like that. And, and like 90% are aren't, you know, uh, you know, because again, you know, what, what portion of the people are really taking it? that seriously that they're going to put the extra effort in none of the ones that have ever been sued you know? yeah. it's, it's like it, i know new jersey requires liability insurance too don't they 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's it, it's it's difficult to to obtain as well. Yeah, I know yeah. out here for instructor liability insurance, it's four hundred dollars a year, and it covers errors and omissions and any kind of negligence on your part. Yeah, but um, if you ever saw, I mean, even if you're not criminally prosecuted, yeah, you could be civilly prosecuted, and that costs a fortune to oh, defend yeah. yourself. Yeah. So you're either a member of the NRA or the USCCA, and they'll provide you know some kind of legal help. USCCA will cover you in Jersey. Yeah, they won't. Nope. That's a shame. I, I sent them the text to do it, and they're like, "Sorry." <laughs> I'm like, so okay. doubt the defense won't cover you in New Jersey. Well, what about I, the NRA? I, yeah, I, I think the NRA will, but I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I got, I, I got another one that, um, that I'm going to try out, see if they work. So that that was recommended to me by the people who um, administer these federal. I, I got my, um, the test was was conducted by federal agents, so you know, I, yeah. I, he gave me this contact so i just i just hit them up so but yeah, yeah man, you know how hard, how hard is it to become a ccw instructor in new jersey i don't know i haven't tried it yet yeah that's yeah. uh i think i probably what I, I was reading it looks like it's pretty pretty tough they're going to law enforcement instructors yeah and they're them out. yeah yeah it's basically it's basically law enforcement instructors yeah. the only the guys i was working with at the range are all uh, <clears throat> like the guys most of the guys leading the, the course are law enforcement yeah or former law enforcement officers, you know. So, well, my uh, my buddy Eric, uh, who uh, ran uh, Adapt Academy yeah. for a while out here, wildly successful. Mm -hmm. As I told you, second generation from Front Sight, right. we worked together, and then I left, and he continued for a while. Yeah. And his passion was the same, you know, with the students. Mm -hmm. And then he just started seeing other businesses not really adhere to the standards that you should. Oh, kind of like martial arts? Standards. No, he knew martial arts. He wasn't martial arts. No, no, but kind of like martial arts, how like Yeah, similar, you know, point and you know, we're gonna get your kid to be a black belt at the age of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. But uh, that's why he's taking a break from it. He just, you know, and it's the same reason why I took a break back in 2012. Right. You know, you just get a real depressing feeling when the students who you care about, you know, could get it cheaper and quicker and with less headache. I mean, they regard training as a headache. I don't see that. I don't understand that, you know? I mean, the grandmother, I, I was out doing a class as an assistant yeah. and we had a grandmother out there that had a revolver that she needed two fingers to pull the trigger. And I'm thinking, you're gonna carry that concealed and do what with it, you know? What's gonna happen is you're gonna come out and you're gonna shoot some passerby in the head and then all hell is going to break loose and that's the concern i have with this dilution of training not what you're seeing in new jersey you're seeing a stiffening over here we have 25 states as of this january 25 states are going to be no permit that means no permit required no background check and no handgun training and you can get a ccw permit i think that's a little bit easy well, I no, think consider, uh, well, consider you graduate from college and yeah. say i want to be a doctor and they yeah. say okay send in an application you're a doctor i, I think it's a little irresponsible i think it's a little irresponsible i think it's very irresponsible yeah. you know and, and i don't believe that it's an isolated incident you know me i have you know a certain 
conspiracy paranoia, but you know, it's just if if that happened with being a doctor, for instance, mm-hmm. what would happen over the course of years where you were able to become a doctor after a college graduation and that's it? And then all these people start dying all over the place. What's the public going to do? The public's going to come in and say, get rid of these guys and make the qualifications higher. What would the public do here with 25 states where any Jack and Jill can carry concealed with no experience? (laughs) I mean, look, you you, you have to have a safety course. You have to have a basic shooting course. You you have to to get that. I mean, but that's just just being a responsible person doing. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Why aren't they being responsible? Right. And if you're irresponsible, you shouldn't be carrying a firearm. Just like if you're irresponsible, you shouldn't be driving a car. It's almost like I felt they were led into it that for so many years, it was hard to get a permit. Right. And they were afraid their firearms were going to be taken away from them. So the minute they get a chance to grab a permit, they grab it. They grab it. You know, instead of thinking about why is this being made so damn easy? Yeah. You know, it's the guy well, you know, that's me thinking. Well, ho- hopefully, hopefully they're, they're going to realize the responsibility and the power that they do have. And they're going to realize that, hey, you know what? I need to get some training on this. And that's when they contact a guy like you. At yeah, I would hope. Eagle Solutions. And yeah. you, you had some other friend, the guy you're you're saying. Yeah, uh, Eric at Adapt Academy. He definitely, yeah. he's the kind of guy to go to. And he mm-hmm. has an established program. I, I changed my curriculum a little bit. At, at first, mm-hmm. I put out the basic CCW minimum standard thing, eight hours. And then I said, you know, let me offer a combo and put in there four or five hours of handgun one, which right. just gets you in the holster, loading, unloading, malfunction, yeah. that kind of stuff, aiming, sight picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not that much more. It's $130 instead of $100. And right. you spent five more hours with me. But yeah. I get I get almost six hours with you on the range, yeah. which is important. Fantastic. Yeah, important. And then we review the laws. The other thing about range time is I get to blend the laws with Mm -hmm. the range activities. So I say, okay, how far away are you from this aggressor? Are there multiple aggressors? What are you going to do? What's the law? You've got three seconds to make a decision. Do you shoot them or you don't shoot them? Yeah. You know, well, that's the other thing, too. And that's why that's another reason that they have to get some training, because you you have to be able to make those decisions like that. No, but but uh, John, tell us uh, if people hey, want to Phil, contact you. Can you can call me Bob, Phil. You no, know, you see me stuttering. Entire uh, so, lives. <laughs> so, so where can people get in touch with you? Um, I am on um, Yelp right now as mm-hmm. Eagle Guardian Solutions. I also have a page on Facebook under Guardian Defensive Solutions. Okay. Same thing, and my own personal page. They can grab me. And then my phone number, they can call anytime. Do you want me to give that? Yeah, you can do it. I know what I'll do is I'll put it in the description of the Yeah, and my my email address. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. I'm also listed on the list of approved instructors from the Las Vegas Metro. So they put that out yeah. twice a year. Oh, fantastic. So what I'll do is I'll put your contact information in the description of the uh, podcast. And if they want to see any aspect of the uh, the close quarter training we were talking about. Mm-hmm. They could Google an introduction to Eagle Guardian Solutions in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. that'll bring up the first heading. will bring up a video where I show that one technique. I think you saw it once a while yep. back. Yep. Show that one technique and I talk about it. And it's, it's pretty neat. 
it's done by a professional videographer, so I didn't do it with my uh, cell phone or anything. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you, Bob, for being with us. This is Master Phil signing off. Strength and honor. Strength and honor, brother. <laughs>